Welcome to the IDC Manufacturing and Energy Insights podcast series, Theory and Practice. I'm Kevin Prouty, Group Vice President for IDC's Manufacturing and Energy Insights. This series is my chance to introduce you to IDC's best industry analysts and the topics they are passionate about. I think this is going to be a really interesting one because you know, the uh, oil and gas industry is always up and down and it's really, really on the downside <laughs> uh, right about now. Um, with me today, I have Andrew Myers. Uh, I'm going to let Andrew uh, introduce himself as the uh, global head of our oil and gas strategies. Go ahead, Andrew. Hi, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, hi, I'm Andrew Myers. I'm research director in the Energy Insights Group, uh, uh, working for Kevin, covering uh, worldwide oil and gas IT strategies. Great. So I guess my first question to you, and we're going to try to focus a little bit on some of these questions around how are, especially upstream and some of those independent companies that have really struggled, how are they handling uh, their their expenses? How are they handling the cost of doing business? Are they looking for partners, outsourcing? We hear a lot about managed services and things like that. What's what's the perception in that space around managed services? So that's what we're going to try to get to today. But first of all, Andrew, if you could just give us a little introduction on what the current climate is in the oil and gas industry, you know, both from an overall uh, market perspective, but also when it comes to looking at technology. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the industry, Kevin, is is really in a period of correction and in in a period of correction, this comes with evaluating cost and within evaluating cost, uh, a lot of companies are evaluating their processes, they're evaluating their their business model. So a lot of this is driven by investors that are putting significant pressure on a lot of management teams within the space. So really pressuring them to produce a lot, produce free cash flow, particularly upstream. And if you look at the downstream space, that's is a little different, but still it's about reducing capacity. So you're seeing refinery sales, you're seeing refinery shutdowns, but it's really about uh, correcting the business model to the current conditions. When you talk about correcting that business model and and you know cutting some of the expenses and trying to align that, where does managed services really fit into that? Well, I think management teams for a lot of these companies are exploring um, how to be more agile and how to be nimble to the market conditions. As as I mentioned before, when you think about those drivers. If you go back a year from around this time, so this is pre-pandemic, um, a number of banks did some evaluations on a, on a lot of these uh, large upstream onshore operators in, in North America and the U.S. and found that G&A costs relative to net income were, were quite out of proportion. So this is even pre-pandemic. So with that said, companies really started evaluating how much flexibility they have. Um, so this is, they started thinking about, thinking more about, at least to some degree, utilizing cloud, utilizing managed services. And with probably any other industry, IT costs are evaluated as a percentage of GNA. So, so IT costs and technology costs can get exposed rather quickly as these margins shift up and down with commodity prices. And so now this is a 
a really important part of the business model. I just had a discussion the other day with one of the ERP vendors, and we discussed how now the decisions for technology, the, the decisions for software are now done one level above where they were five years ago. So it's a really important part of the business in terms of return to shareholders and stakeholders. When you say it, the decisions are being made one level above, um, you know, that part, you know, looking at it that way, that's kind of understandable. But does that change their decision criteria? Are they more focused on capital expenditures or operation expenses? Do you, has that shifted since the pandemic? Yeah, I think so. And, and Kevin, it could be one company uh, different than another just because it matters if a company has uh, made different say, infrastructure investments um, in the last decade or so. But yes, I, I think so, because just because of the impact to the bottom line, um, it, it companies want to be more nimble. And so they're looking at, they want an, let's just call it an OPEX-driven model. So so not uh, something that that correlates a little more toward their business performance. So that it really, in the end, what you're saying, I'm a former plant manager, they're really trying to reduce, shift their fixed costs over to variable costs that can better track the commodity pricing, right? That's right. Yeah, better track the business performance. That's correct. Yeah, I think that's interesting because, you know, the oil and gas industry to me, and, and you've been in it longer than I have by far, it's always been a cyclical business. And I guess I'm kind of curious why all of a sudden there's this focus on this um, shift in capital to OPEX. I know a little bit of it always happens, but is there something different about this shift? Is, do you think this, is a, it, this isn't just a, cycle, cycle, a cyclical change, right? This is more of a fundamental change. Is that correct? Yeah, I think so. And, and in terms of resourcing, I think a lot of executives or IT leaders are, are really trying to find, in, in terms of resourcing, the right balance of internal and and, and external, external resourcing. So when we did some research here just last June, so a couple of months into the pandemic, evaluating upstream, midstream, downstream, and oil field services, and their response to, to the pandemic and the, and the commodity price crash, there were you know a lot of the usual um, re- reduction in headcount, just how they were responding to it. But there was also a couple of two big takeaways. And one was, the increased need for automation and the increased need for outsourcing. So in terms of outsourcing, there just from some of the conversations we've had with leaders, there's some things they view as fairly easy to outsource, such as payroll, cyber, um, infrastructure services is an important one just because there are some companies that made pretty significant investments in infrastructure in the last 10 to 15 years in data centers and on-premise infrastructure. So that's that's critical, but also something where they need to be able to scale it as they use it. And, you know, there's a number of other, other processes and functions such as land, um, hydrocarbon accounting, which actually doesn't mean they're, they're actually doing the the accounting itself this is actually the hydrocarbon accounting process which means you're you're taking data from production um and then going into a story and going into an app and then it's in the accounting function so that process itself they're going well let's make this let's have the right resources relative to our production profile relative to 
um, how productive our company is. So that's really how a lot of these leaders are thinking. I like the uh, comment you made, um, and that is aligning the production profile kind of with their expense and, and cost profile. I think those two profiles have probably been somewhat difficult to align because of the previous um, technology generation, the investment you'd need to make in, in capital to build data centers and things like that. So I think those the term profile is probably the best view of it. So right, and it's really could be excuse me, Kevin, but yeah. it really can. It's really your profit profitability profile. And, and so when you but when you look at that, are there some risks involved? In utilizing things like managed services, you know, it, it sounds good to to try to align, you know, the variable costs with the commodity costs. But what are the risks you have? Yeah, it's a good question, and it and there's some there's some quantitative um, valuation to that risk, and there's also some qualitative aspects to it as well. So it's a combination of implementation risk of of implemented it uh, implementing that managed service. And um, there's also the risk of potentially, you know, letting some of your internal folks go, which you probably invested a num, you know, some some serious capital and time into their competencies in the last ten or so years. So, and then a lot of these companies want to save reputation. The oil and gas industry has a pretty pretty tough reputation in terms of of how they've, you know. Uh, retained workforce in the last you know we're in our third downturn in the last dozen years or so so a lot of companies are a little are a little tentative as it relates to their reputation in terms of implementation that means a few things so you have um you have the time you have the risk of the time element of implementing um a managed service for a function within the business which and then you also have the risk of failure. So, you know, ideally it would be great if a lot of these functions and processes it was a plug and play managed service, but it's really not, unfortunately. That, I think that's a, a great perspective on it. Um, so, if we look at all that, and you know, the man, trying to align those profiles, whether it's profitability, cost, whatever, what do you think the future holds for the oil and gas enterprise, especially in kind of the the digitally transformed world? Yeah, great question. It's it's you know, as mentioned before, it's looking to be more agile, but really being resilient to adverse market conditions. Um, now, you, you know, a lot of executives realize that uh, market market conditions in the future can be beyond oil and gas. So, so looking at a more holistic energy business. So a much more broad macro scenario. So that creates, you know, a number of uns other uncertainties. But to circle back to it's it's to really be as flexible and dynamic as you can. So I think that's really the, the bigger message here when it when it comes to cost and, and still having that functionality. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I, you know, you're deep into the oil and gas industry and I work with a bunch of other industries and I think there's a perspective you can have. A, I always look at the automotive industry. The automotive industry kind of went through this in the eighties where I call it the near death experience, you know, for the North American automotive industry. And I see the changes they had to make 
the adoption of managed services and outsourcing and how quickly they did it and how, you know, the amount of time it took to turn them around and become a little more agile. So I think that's, I know you've left some good recommendations here with us, and, but the one I would say overall is, you know, look at sometimes how other industries have done it, who've gone through similar, what I would call traumas. Um, and so that's, that's all really good. Um, so that's all the time we had for today. And uh, I want to thank Andrew for being here and giving some of the insight around his oil and gas um, uh, IT strategies program. I think that's uh, that's something anyone who's listening to this should probably take a quick look at uh, his research agenda. He has some really good stuff coming up. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for listening and please subscribe to the series to be on the lookout for manufacturing energy topics from other IDC analysts. You can visit idc.com slash manufacturing podcast. That's one word, manufacturing podcast. Again, thank you.